Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coach Taku listeners, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are in time right now. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Christina Stathopoulos, joined by the brilliant, radiant Mary. And I'm super pumped because this week we're breaking into brand new territory. This is the first episode of Coach Taku that we're actually going to be covering a video game and not a TV series. And so it's a a video game series that's near and dear to my heart. It's the Fire Emblem family. And fun fact, I actually met my maid of honor at the art table in middle school because we both liked Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. But we're going to be talking about the most recent game, most recent installment, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which if you haven't played, it was super fun. It came out, what was it, summer of 2019 now? And, you know, it's a JRPG, turn-based style tactical game, where in this particular, uh, this particular iteration of the series, you play a school teacher that teaches different students to become soldiers, and you basically choose a house, kind of like Harry Potter, but way cooler, to train inside of, and then you watch as the story unfolds, and you see what happens as these students become soldiers and become adults. So, Mary, how are we going to be connecting video games to coaching this week? Ooh, great question, Christina. By the way, this is also one of my all-time favorite series. I can play this game over and over and probably have at this point. Um, But the conversation around coaching that we're having is about comfort zones. And by comfort zones, I mean we all have natural things, skills, ability, ways of being that are really comfortable for ourselves. And then there are those things that we're not quite so comfortable with that make us scared or make us retreat. So today we're going to be talking about comfort zone. What are those things that, are com- that we are comfortable with and what are those things that we are not as they relate to how we play video games in, in this particular series, Fire Emblem. <laughs> so Christina, let's kick it off. Yeah, well, first of all, I think one of the ways that Three Houses immediately challenges our comfort zones is that This particular Fire Emblem game had so many new mechanics to what we were used to, even if you had played previously. And it includes that, you know, here you were now able to unlock the abilities for characters, unlock different classes that they could have that in other games, you didn't really have those routes to consider. So in other words, Fire Emblem Three Houses immediately challenges our comfort zone because it gives us more options than we've ever had before. And you start to see that some people have the style of, I'm gonna play what I know, and I'm gonna collect the characters and the classes that I know make sense based on playing previous games. Or you could see people that are risk takers and willing to try multiple classes for multiple characters, mix and match and experiment and see what happens. So, 
before we talk about other people or other characters, I actually just want to know, Mary, uh, how, how does the way you play Fire Emblem reflect your comfort zone? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Christina, I have to tell you that I hate losing any of my characters. I hate when they die. I hate losing them in battles. So I always play normal, like the normal version of the game. And that's true. And that's also reflective of how I make choices in life. Like I will assess the risks and then play normal. <laughs> what about you, Christina? Ooh, I think, so part of what's in my comfort zone is I like to be the best at things. And so I'm totally someone who I don't just like open up the game and try things out myself. Like I'll admit that I'm already looking up walkthrough guides and suggestions and threads on Reddit to see what other people did to start to formulate what my best strategy is because I'd rather get it right than like suffer through the frustration of realizing I'm in like chapter 18 and all my units suck, which used to happen to me before the internet was a hot commodity and I was playing these games on my Game Boy Advance, let me tell you. Yeah, the other thing that I do when I play these games is that I will explore the whole area regardless of whether or not I have to or should. I will open every door, knock things over, and it will take me a really long time to finish the game, but it's because of I don't want to miss anything out. <laughs> so, and that's also reflective of how I do things. Like, have I explored all the options? Yeah, and so I think turning it to our listeners and even to the characters themselves in the game, one way that the game challenges anyone's comfort zone is it offers you, you know, a plethora of characters that are obvious choices. Like, they're so clearly going to beef up and make the experience easier for you. And you even see that with the captains of the three houses. You have Dimitri, who's a friggin' unit of a character, arguably one of the strongest in the entire game. You have Claude, who's incredibly fast and incredibly accurate. You have Edelgard, who proves to be one of the best tanks that you can develop and raise. And so from a comfort zone place, you go, well, of course, I'm going to play these characters over and over again. Their reward is obvious from day one. But then on the flip side, they also offer characters that their perks aren't necessarily nearly as obvious at the beginning. And it requires a level of risk and oftentimes a level of patience and integrity and grit to really see the full potential of these particular characters or units. So when we think of some of those characters that really stretch us outside of our comfort zones, especially if we like to win and play it safe and know that we're guaranteed a great strategy. What are some of the characters that you think of in this game, Mary? Christina, can we start with Bernadetta? If you're not in Bernadetta's house, you have to really work really hard to recruit her. I mean, I think I spent more time recruiting Bernadetta than anything else in this game. And the thing about Bernadetta, the character, is that she's super introverted. She won't come out of her room. So if you're not in her house, you have to go to her every single day and ask to recruit her. And then you have to form a relationship. There's a a thing in the game where you can have tea with characters. You have to really forge that relationship to get her to a level that's really um, reflective of her power. But once you get her there, my God, she is like, she's someone that you really want on your side, especially in a battle. She's a one army, one person army in of herself. 
but it takes a lot of work and dedication to kind of recruit her over to your side. But that's the kind of thing that we talk about when we talk about comfort zone. If you're staying in your comfort zone, if you're staying in your house, then you would miss out on the opportunity of recruiting a character like Bernadetta. Or if you get tired and say, well, I'm going to give up now, then you miss out on the experience of recruiting someone that be a really powerful ally. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing that I would even say about Bernadetta for those that have played the game is she's not even that, uh, that quickly a useful character. Like I think she's a worthwhile one, but it takes, like she has slower growth stats. And so what that means is it takes her longer for her attack power, so to speak, to be useful to you. And so some people, even if they go through the pain, sweat, and tears of as many tea parties as possible (laughs) to forge a worthwhile relationship, you then have to go into the efforts of training her properly. And I think for a lot of people, especially as they watch the other units around them grow more quickly or grow more obviously, they might be quick to cast her to the side because she takes up a lot of time. And if quick and easy games are what are in your comfort zone, you may not see the potential of her. But in actuality, Bernadetta, two of her abilities, Vengeance and Persecution Complex, are combined two of the most powerful abilities in the game. And to Mary's point, at some point, make her such a freaking unit that she could basically exist on the map by herself and win the game for you. But the, both the, the complex interpersonal relationships you need to create with her And then also the patience that you need to put into training her really demonstrate how she's a character that requires you being willing to play with some level of risk and trust that risk will come with reward. Yeah, and Christina, I I love this conversation also on a different level because when we think about ourselves and how we do things, oftentimes we look at other people and how they're doing things. And some people have a natural ability to just go with something and get it done and grow. And for others, the process is totally different. It takes a different approach. It takes a different learning to get to where they want to go. But with the constant dedication and commitment, you can actually get there and create something that's actually pretty powerful. But if you were to give up either somewhere in the beginning or just not even try, you never get to realize that potential and see how immense and how beautiful it actually becomes at the end. Yeah, and I think potential is another interesting word to come across when we talk about comfort zones. Because the thing about comfort zone is most of us, most of the time, only want to do what's in our comfort zone. So for example, something in my comfort zone is public speaking. So I love it. Something that's outside of my comfort zone is meeting new people at a networking event that I don't love so much. And so I'm more likely to keep finding speaking opportunities than I am to go to random networking events where I don't know anyone. But there's potential in the networking event that I don't get to be present to because I don't ever think of it as an option. And that's why there's another character that I think of in terms of comfort zones uh, in a particular way, and it's Petra. And Petra might seem like a a weird choice because I think everyone would agree she's one of the most beloved characters. Like I remember when one of the trailers came out for the game and you didn't know which characters were in in which house, but you saw Petra and you're like, who is she? And I want her, you know, everyone was quick to figure out how to get her. 
And Petra is a great unit. You know, she does her job as a swordsmaster. But the reason why I think she belongs in this comfort zone conversation is because if you're someone who it's more comfortable for you to just think one step at a time, then you might miss a very crucial opportunity, which is even if you don't feel you need Petra, like even if you don't need another swords master, even if you've built your team that you're fine without her, if you don't recruit her into your house, then later in the game when you're actually at war with each other and she's an enemy that you have to deal with, it is one of the most fucking frustrating things you will ever go through in your entire life to try to murder this woman. And so, <laughs> and so the challenge is to get out of your comfort zone of just thinking chapter by chapter and really allow yourself to play through one of the paths and consider what are all of the different strategies that you have to implement? Not just the strategies of the units that you want to have, but also the strategy of the units that you don't want to have to go up against because they're not on your side. And on that note, can we talk about Lysithia or Lysithia? Because she's another one that, like, when I first started working with her, I had to put protection all around her so that she wouldn't get killed and to build her strength up. But once her strength is there, again, one person army here. So it's pretty magical the way that she can just blast, literally blast herself across the field. But as an enemy, no thank you. And again, it's that stepping outside your comfort zone, it's doing things differently, especially if you look at it from the perspective of the character herself. It's like, how do I, as a, she's also one of the youngest, I think, if not the youngest character in the game. And it's like, from her perspective, looking at her through her eyes, here she is surrounded by all these older kids, still not quite comfortable with her own magic and power. And then having to step into something and protect, you know, like really protect her team, protect herself. And how do you build someone up like that to get them to their fullest potential where she becomes this one person army? And it's really cool that when she gets to that point, it's like, of course I want her. Of course I want her on my team. That was never a, a thought. Yeah, you know, characters like Lysithia really challenge my own comfort zone when it comes to playing Fire Emblem. Because as I mentioned, I've been playing these games since the Blazing Sword Sacred Stones era, which I think was the early 2000s at this point. And something that the game has taught me is to try to beat chapters as quickly as possible. Because you never know when other problems are going to show up. Reinforcements, monsters, you name it, you deal with it, you hate it. And Lysithia is one of those characters that I, I call her an experience sponge. Like, she's just very slow to grow. Like, you need to kill more enemies to help her reach her potential than you would for, say, other fast-growing characters. And so Lysithia challenges my comfort zone of wanting to end a chapter as quickly as possible. Because usually what has to happen is I actually kind of surround her in a pod of defense and I have to slowly move her around the map and ensure that she's getting the final blow on enemies because the final blow is what constitutes earning the most experience. And that strategy is the best way to grow her, but it's also the best way to put you in situations where some of your other units may die, where reinforcements may show up, where a whole plethora of problems can show up for you. And I, it, she's a great example because it immediately challenges everything that I like to do to get through the game as quickly as possible. Yeah, and for me, it's a little bit different because I'll actually get turned off by a, 
uh, character's personality. <laughs> I'm like, if they have a bad personality, I don't know that I want them. Um, and so it's funny the way that we approach those because even those that have quote unquote a bad personality can be some of the strongest characters. I think one of the one that comes to mind off the bat is probably Ferdinand, who's like, or Ignaz, both who are really full of themselves and their attitude is just really annoying to me. But these are also really strong characters. And when you build their relationship and we actually see the backstory, you relate to them differently and can have a different outcome in the game. Right. Or similarly, just to out myself, like I've had this habit since I was a kid. Like I like going for the hot units. You know, I prefer I prefer the characters who art styles I think are attractive or I think are interesting or that I can relate to. And it, Again, it sounds super shallow, but sometimes I'm like, oh, but I don't want to use uh, Deduo because he's like this ugly old guy. And no offense to him, he's actually amazing. And I got to say, the support conversations between him and Sylvain, I think, are some of the most profound in the game. So it just goes to show that when you go with what you're comfortable with or what you know, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. Because similarly, I love that I used him as an example because he is a very buff, tough guy, but he's also like a master chef and baker. And so it's like, a, like even in real life, you're someone that I would probably blow off because I think he looks scary. And then he would be someone that I'd want to invite to dinner parties because he's so good at cooking for them. Um, but with that in mind, Mary, you know, yes, we're talking about comfort zone. Yes, we use the show to talk about coaching, but we also use the show because we're fangirls. And so I got to know who's of all the different playable characters in this series, who's got to be your favorite from Fire Emblem Three Houses and why? Christine, I can't just choose one. That's unfair. There's so many that are so good. Um, but probably my favorite two are Syl- Sylvain and Felix. And they're both super powerful. I love their stories. I love Sylvain's character and just like the the flirtatiousness, but also what that hides, the deeper story behind all of that. And also the uh, Felix I love because he's a, one, a powerful character. And then the other part of it is that um, he has this real sense of integrity that I find. And I would love to explore that. Like if I were his coach, I would love to explore a coaching conversation around that and his voice. But what about you, Christina? Who are your favorites and why? I mean, you snatched them from me, Mary. I wish you would ask me first so it wouldn't sound like I was copying you. But I'm also a huge Sylvain fan. Again, I've been playing these games for years. So when you look back at, you know, the, like every single game in this series has the cavalier who's a bit of a playboy and loves to flirt, but secretly has a heart of gold. And that's what I love about Sylvain. You know, he's super flippant. He's a total skirt chaser. Like here we are talking about how Bernadetta is so hard to recruit. And then meanwhile, Sylvain, if you play a girl, will just show up and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll join your house. Why not? Like it's an instant transfer. Not, not much calculating needing to go into that maneuver. But there's so many conversations that he has in the series that reveals that he's actually a really complex guy. Like, he doesn't believe in the crest system. He also doesn't believe that what other people think of him is any of his business. Like, he just believes in being true to himself. And he also realizes that even in wartime, that if you judge a group of people based on the worst person of the group, that no one would ever trust or believe in anyone. So I think he actually has a super strong sense of justice. It's just covered by, 
you know, his mischief, mischievousness. And that's why I think he's a great pair for Felix, because the two of them just create chaos together. And one of my favorite things is if you end the game with them being of highest support and having no other romantic interests, that literally the end credits specify that they go on to spend the rest of their lives playing pranks on each other. And that legend has it that they died on the exact same day because they couldn't have gone a day without each other in their lifetime. So it's just such a, it's just a fun relationship regardless of whether you ship them or not. I think it's one of the most jovial of the series, even though it's laced with a lot of the themes of wartime and loss and all these different things. So yeah, they've got to be two of my favorites as well. That's such a beautiful story. I love that. I want to play the game and have just, just to see that ending for them. So I know that I mentioned who I'd like to coach, but Christine, any thoughts on who, which characters you would love to coach? Yeah, I think one character in particular, and not just because of all the memes that exist of him, though I do find the memes hysterical, but I think Dimitri would be a very fascinating character to coach. Um, Dimitri is one of those characters where, especially at the start of the series as a student, he's so full of himself. Like he loves vengeance and he loves blood and he loves war. And as you go through the different chapters and the different parts of the game, as he loses more, as he witnesses more death, as he really doesn't just like theorize the toll of war, but really experiences the toll of war, you see the way that his flippancy and ego transform into a man that's like really haggard and just wants justice and just wants what's right. And you really feel for the guy because it seems like the thing that was required for him to have this transformation was a lot of devastation. And what I believe is that Dimitri always had those qualities in him from the start. And so I would love to meet young Dimitri and, you know, coach around his ego and, you know, his competitiveness and actually start him on a path of justice and care and compassion and loving his soldiers from day one so that who knows maybe some of the events of the game could have gone differently for him as a result yeah it's such a um such a tragic story for him all around just a tragic experience but um i guess depending on on the way that you play could have a happy ending so there's a bright side to that so any last thoughts before we close off this episode yeah i think first of all uh We've referenced some of the other Fire Emblem games, and we've also referenced that this is our first video game episode. So please let us know if you're listening. If we didn't cover some of the interpersonal dynamics of the characters in this series, and you wish we did, let us know. Maybe we'll even jump on Instagram Live and dish it out, and we could let you all know when that's going to happen. If you want us to cover any of the other Fire Emblem games, I'm totally down for any of them except for Shadow Dragon. I don't care what you say. It's the worst one. It is. It's the worst one. Don't come at me. Don't at me. Don't slip into my DMs. Just accept it. It's the worst of all of them. There's no support conversations. Why do you want me to cover it? But if you want us to cover any of the rest of them, let us know. And then lastly, if there are any other JRPGs or video games in general out there that you think would be a fun coaching conversation, or you also want us to analyze how your strategies reflect who you are as a person, I think it would be super fun are totally down for recommendations. I personally think we got to get into the Tales series at some point because they're so angsty and screwed up and all those people need coaching and a heavy dose of therapy. 
yeah, I'm game for Fire Emblem and I'm game for any video games that you'd like us to cover as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, fun conversations to have. And so with that, thank you so much for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Instagram, send us an email, say hello. Yeah, and lastly, you know, if you listen to us on iTunes or even if you don't, leave us reviews. It's really helpful for us in growing our audience. Our Instagram following is growing, and I want to issue a challenge. If we get enough followers, I'm going to reveal some of my shitty middle school art. So if you want to laugh at my shitty, embarrassing middle school art, make sure you're following us on Instagram and that you get other people to follow. And then last but certainly not least, thank you. Like, I just want to say thanks. We've been at this for a couple months now, and we're so grateful that we get to share our nerdiness with you. And so if there's anything you want to see, feel free to email us suggestions, DM us, let us know what you want us to cover because we're here for you. Thank you. And please subscribe so that I can see Christina Shetty art from high school too. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.